0: If you have your Bibles, the book of Jude, the first chapter. Jude chapter 1. I want to look at verse number 20. Jude 1, verse number 20. Would you stand back to your feet as we honor God's, the reading of God's Word? Jude 1, 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We're going to build off verse 20. Building blocks of faith. The Bible says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Help us to preach, Father. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In any building, there is a foundation, and then there are blocks that are laid round about. This building is comprised of thousands of blocks and or bricks. At some point in time, the the foundation was laid, the first block, the first brick, the second, third, so on and so forth. The foundation of our spiritual building is the Lord Jesus Christ. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. The Lord Jesus Christ is that foundation. Salvation is our foundation. May I say that salvation is the assurance of your faith. Then you lay blocks upon that foundation. The first of which should be baptism. That is advertising your faith. There was a little boy that got saved in the Sunday school class. And the teacher said, run upstairs and tell the preacher that you got saved and now you need to be baptized. The little boy was excited. He ran up the steps and he said, preacher, preacher, I've been saved and now I need to be advertised. It is saying, hey, Jesus has changed my life and I'm identifying myself with Jesus Christ. Then you lay the block of affiliation with the church through membership That is the attendance of your faith. And today we're looking at a building block called Scripture. The Word of God. That is the authority of your faith. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. You must take time to read and study God's precious Word. If you have your Bible still, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter number 2. I want to read verse number 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2. The Scripture says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. When you've first been born again, you need the sincere milk of the Word of God. When babies are born, they need milk from the mother. Amen. And when we've been born again, we need milk from the Word of God. It's able to feed us. May I say the Bible, your Bible is not the book of the month. It's the book of the ages. It is a collection of 66 books written by more than 40 authors over a period of 1,600 years. Your Bible has history, prophecy, poetry, its biography, philosophy, and science all with one theme. Jesus gave His life for sinners, was buried and raised again, that we might be saved. The oldest parts of this Bible are over three thousand years old. The most up to the listen now, the recent, most recent parts are around two thousand years old. Preacher Darren, this book is old. This book is archaic. Honey, my Bible, it is as relevant today as the day it was first written. It is a book, may I say, that is never out of date it's not only relevant it is reliable it is not just completely true it's also constantly true what makes the Bible relevant and reliable it is, it, it is the word of God it is the authority of our faith did you know this the Bible is the best selling book every single year since America has been formed as a nation. The United States alone, 50 Bibles are sold every minute. That's 72,000 Bibles every day, 26 million a year. By comparison, you take the top five bestsellers on the New York Times list, combine them all together, they sold 12 million copies over the course of years, but in one year, God's Word did 26 million. Praise God. The Gideons, an organization that's been around more than a hundred years, to my knowledge, have distributed well over 2.5 billion copies of the Word of God in over 190 countries around the world. Did you know more people? Therefore, read the Bible than any other book. Winston Churchill said, The Bible is a masterpiece. Billy Graham said, No other book can touch its profound wisdom and its poetic beauty or the accuracy of its history and prophecy. The Bible embodies of all the knowledge man needs to feel the longing of his soul and solve all of his problem, said Graham Graham. I want to be saturated with the Bible. I want to know it by heart before I die. Young people, may I tell you, it's good to go through the Bible. Read the Bible. But it's better to let the Bible go through you. When you get in the Bible, it will get in you. Many years ago, there was a French humanist by the name of Voltaire. He lived between 1694 and 1778. He boastfully proclaimed, he said 50 years from now, the world will never hear again of a Bible. Yet in the very same year of his boast, the British Museum purchased a manuscript of a Greek New Testament for $500,000 while the first issue of Voltaire's book sold for $0.08 a copy. Fifty years after the death of Voltaire, get this, Bibles were being printed by the Geneva Bible Society and the very house Voltaire had lived in on his very own printing presses. Amen. Moses outlived Voltaire. Isaiah has outlasted Ingersoll. The apostles have outsmarted the agnostics. The prophets have overpowered the professors. And the Bible still stands as God's Word, His message to man. And as long as I can remember, God's Word has been a part of my life. My first meaningful relationship with the Bible. When I was born, there was Bibles that were given. Get this, hallelujah. When I was three years old, I found this. 1969, my grandparents gave me a Bible. I still have it to this day. When I was in the 6th grade or maybe the 5th grade, the Gideons, Brother Rick, came by my school at Fletcher and they gave me a Bible. I was so glad, well, I get tore up, to have a copy of the Word of God. I was talking to a young man this morning. said he was 12 years old. I said, I was 12 and I got saved. This is the Bible that I was carrying the night I got saved. I underlined the scripture the preacher preached on that night and I wrote in my Bible on July the 13th. 1978, the Lord Jesus Christ save me. Hallelujah to God. Amen. This is the Bible that they gave me the day that I graduated and they had a Bible graduation given out for graduation at our church at Hoopers Creek Baptist Church. This is the Bible, the New Testament that I was reading in when God was dealing with me about preaching and for over a year I read every single day. And not a day passed been reading, 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 reading. God dealt with me and I got saved and I, I, I got called to preach. I had surrendered my life to preach. And I've gone through this New Testament forwards and backwards, amen. Backwards like this, but forwards and backwards. I've gone through the Word of God. And this right here, when I surrendered to preach and they licensed me to preach, they gave me a copy of God's Word 30 years ago. And I'm still preaching it 30 years later, amen. I've not made one change to it, but it's made a change in me. Praise God for the Word of God today, amen. I have a relation with the Word of God, the Bible, amen. One day, listen to this, one day a young man was trying to find God's will for his life and so he thought, well, I'll just open a scripture and put my finger on it and that'll be my life's verse. And he found the verse when he opened it, put his finger on it. Judas hung himself. Uh-oh. He said, I don't like that verse. I'm going to go get me another verse. Put his finger on it says, This do thou likewise. He said, "Uh oh I don't like that verse. Give me another verse. He found another one that says, What thou doest, doest it quickly. Amen. If you take the Bible out of context... You could prove anything, amen. But if you read the Word of God, I feel it working me. You read it in context, honey, and you take it as God has written it and let God be your guide and the Holy Ghost be in your instructor. It'll fill your life. It'll satisfy your soul and it'll help you on down the road, amen. My Bible says in Isaiah 55 in verse number 11, so shall the Word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing thereunto where I sent it. I said all that to say this, this Bible is an essential building block of faith for you to have a proper relationship with Jesus Christ. You must desire the sincere milk of the Word. What Peter is saying, he said... That the Bible needs to be a vital part of your building up of your faith. And if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to have a relationship with Him, your Bible will be your key. I want to say three things and I'll be done. I want to turn now to the book of Colossians chapter 3. The book of Colossians chapter 3, and yes, we will be doing some turning. Colossians chapter 3, I want to look at verse number 15. The Christian is to live his life under the authority of the Bible. The Bible tells us how to live as Christians. The Bible tells us what God commands. The Bible tells us what God condemns. The Bible tells us what pleases God. The Bible tells us what displeases God. The Bible says what my life needs to be built around. In verse number 15, Colossians 3. Let the peace of God... Rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I want to say two things, I want to say two things. The heading is this. Your life must be directed by the Bible. Number one, your life must be directed by the Bible. Two things about it. First of all, your Bible, it will govern our life. The word in verse number 15 that I want to point out here, let the peace of God rule. There's my word. A Greek word, brebaou. To rule it means to act as an umpire. It is to decide what is right and what is wrong. In our day and time, we think of an umpire as calling a strike or a ball in a baseball game or calling somebody out or calling somebody safe. and the word of God in our hand, amen, and the peace of our uh, peace of God in our heart is acting like an umpire in our life. When we do something wrong, it says you 're out. And when we do that, which is right, it says you're safe. The Bible is to rule. It is to direct our lives. It tells you when you're right. It tells you when you're wrong. And you must submit your life to the authority of the Word of God. Here's our problem today. We like to argue with umpires. That's a bad call. You can't see. You're blind. And you want to rant and rave and hold your breath and kick up dust and get mad at what the umpire says and does. But with the Bible as our umpire, you cannot argue with the authority of the word of God. It is absolute authority. Woo! Verse 16 Let the Word of God, a Word of Christ dwell. That's my word. Dwell in you richly. The word dwell, inokio, it means to live, to be at home with. The Word of God needs to be at home in your heart and in your life. Then you imagine that a guest comes to your house. Do you let a guest have access to everything and everywhere in your life? It's not really proper to let a guest be rummaging through your closets, through your drawers, through your private records. A guest does not dwell at your home. They're merely visiting you. But for you to dwell, hey man, it means that it's at home there. It's in every closet. It's in every record. It has the authority of everything. Nothing is off limits to the Word of God in your life. It is to have control and access to every single part of your life. It is to govern. Secondly, It is to guard. Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. The word of God is to guard your life. Psalm 119, verse number 11. What a verse. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not not sin against thee. We think of hiding something to say we're trying to hide it, to protect it, we're trying to hide it. To cover it, we're trying to hide it to keep it away from others. That's not what's meant here. D.L. Moody said it like this. The Bible will keep you from sin. Or sin will keep you from the Bible. Now knowing that the Bible is our guard, the Bible is our protector, let's read it like this. Thy word have I hid in mine heart as my guard, as my protector that I might not sin against thee. Not only should the Bible direct your life, but listen now, not only should it direct your life and guard your life and guide your life, but it's going to keep you from sin. I try to make the Bible, try to read first thing in the morning. I make the Bible my first thing in the morning business. And then the rest of the day, preacher, obeying it. I make my daily business. Preacher, say that again. I make my morning business to read the Word of God. I make my daily business to obey the Word of God for the rest of the day. Amen. Listen this. As a best-selling book, all across the world, Barna found that only 20% of people say that the Bible is the dominant influence in their decisions. Isn't that remarkable? How could the best-selling Word of God, absolute authority, only guide 20% of people in making their decisions? Obviously, we deal with a lot of lives that are messed up because we don't base our decisions and our choices on the Word of God. So the Word of God should be directing our lives. Number two, you and I need to have a love that we develop for the Bible. I don't know if you saw it, but when I had these Bibles here, I love God's Word. I'm so thankful for it. You're in Psalm 119. Look at verse number 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Do you see that? The psalmist says, I love the word of God. Verse 127, while you're close. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold. Yea, above fine gold. Not only should the Bible direct our lives and our decisions and our choices, we should have a love being developed For the Word of God, we should spend time in it every day. David has said, I love the Word of God. He's, two things, he's making it a daily part of his life. Listen to this, Barna, the study, found out that 62% of people in America, though it's a best-selling book, 62% don't read it at all. 33% read the scriptures once a week at church. 22% never read the Bible outside of church, they said, of that 33%. Woo! How tragic that the Bible does not have a daily impact in our lives. I want to read you a verse of scripture. It's the only time... I find the word success in the Bible. All these preachers and teachers and TV evangelists are talking about success and your best life now. Honey, my best life ain't now. Yeah. My best life's still to come. Yeah. Amen. And I want to read what God said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. If you want to turn there, it's fine. In Joshua 1.8, I want to read to you what God said to Joshua about success. In verse 8, Joshua 1. This book of the law, it's God's word. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, for then, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have A good success. The spiritual success of Joshua depended on the time he spent in God's Word. You need to learn to love God's Word. How many of you like hamburgers? How many of you like hot dogs? How many of y'all just like food? What food is your physical life, your Bible, the Word of God, should be to your spiritual life. J.A. Carlson wrote a book called The Body. Listen closely. He said birds can, do, can go up to nine days without food. Did you know dogs can go up to 20 days without food? Turtles can go 500 days without food. Snakes can go 800 days without food. Fish Can go up to a thousand days without food. Some insects can go 12,000 days without food. Did you know a man can go up to 12 days without food? Evidently some Christians think they're a bird or a dog or a turtle. You as a Christian must learn to feed your soul daily. George Mueller The great man of God said, I look upon it as a lost day when I have not had good time in the word of God. For more than 50 years, I've never known one day when I had not more business than I could get through. For four years, annually I go through 30,000 letters that pass through my hands. As a pastor of a church with 1,200 believers, great. Has been by care. I have charge of five immense orphanages. At my publishing depot, I print millions of tracts and books. But I have always, no matter how busy, made it a rule that I never begin my day till I've had a good season with God and His Word. That's a good success. Not only uh, should you. Let's see where well, I lost my note. Not only should you have it, the Bible being a daily part of your life, it should be a, listen to this, a daily pleasure in your life. Reading and studying the Bible should be more than duty. It should be a delight. I can sit in my study and I can literally lose or just hours disappear when I'm in the Word of God. Go in in the morning. My son can tell you. My daughter can tell you. My wife can tell you. Go in the morning. Get in there in first light. And they may not see me till they come into my study till it's dark. Just lose the whole day delighting myself in the Word of God. Amen. One time we were having Scripture reading and time for prayer. And uh, a lot of the people were reading scripture, and missed the service. My dad said, boy, what a sacrifice they've made to have scripture reading and praying while we had service. We're out here enjoying the good singing, enjoying good preaching, but these others have been down here in a boiler room praying. And then dad said, wait a minute, strike that. They've not been down there sacrificing. <laughs> they've been down there delighting themselves in the presence of Almighty God. How much better would it have been to be in the ballroom, room seeking the face of God than to sit and hear the singing and the preaching. Honey, just give me the Word of God. I love it with all my heart and all my life. It should be something more than we make ourselves do. It should be something that we want to do. Time in the Word of God should not be a burden. It should be a blessing. Amen. Now we were in Psalm 119. I want to go back to verse 47. We've talked about this love that David the psalmist is developing for the Word of God and how it should be a a daily part of our life and how it should be a daily pleasure in our life. Look at verse 47. I will delight myself in thy commandments which I Have loved. The most delightful part of your day should be spent in the Word of God. Like honey from a honeycomb, reading the Bible gives you sweetness in your life. No wonder we run around with so many sourpuss attitudes, amen. It's because we're not spending ourselves the time in the sweetness of the Word of God. Thirdly, and I'll be done, there should be a Lord or the Lord, that we see declared in the Bible. The Bible is many things, but first and foremost, it's a book about Jesus, Christ, our Lord, and our Savior. The Bible is important to the believer because it's a book that brings me into relationship with my Lord. You know what my Bible does? It has informed me about Jesus. It taught me who Jesus is. (laughs) It revealed who Jesus is And what he is And what he expects of me Take Jesus out of the Bible You've just taken truth out of history Matter out of physics Numbers out of mouth The Bible is the greatest book That's ever been printed And its theme is about the greatest being That's ever walked upon the earth The Bible not only informs me of Jesus But my Bible he introduced me to Jesus, it brought me into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It listen, the Bible's purpose is not to make a scholar out of me; it's to make me get saved, Amen. It's to bring me into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As I learn, as I learn more of Him. I love more of Him. I want to get closer to Him. It's an important building block of faith and it tells me how I can please my Savior. Psalm 138. You're close. Psalm 138. I'm trying to shut it down. Psalm 138. Verse number... Mm, verse number 2. 22, Sorry. Psalm 138, no, verse number two, I had it right, sorry, I don't know what I did. Psalm 138, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Watch this, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. we took the time written Philippians the Bible said every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At His name every knee will bow. At His name every tongue will confess. And right in the word of God He said you've magnified your word even above your name. You know when it's judgment day for those that are lost. You know what's going to be judging them? The book of John, chapter 12, verse 48, says this word that I have spoken will judge us in the last day. Just as much as we bowed His name, His word. We're going to stand and say, Ooh, that's that book that I love. That's that book that taught me about Jesus. That's that book that brought me in a right relationship with my Lord. Hallelujah. The Roman Emperor Diocletian. He banned the Bible, and I think it was about 300 AD. He even took all the Bibles that he could find in his kingdom and he burned them. And over their ashes, he erected a monument, and it said, Extincto Nomine Christianorum, which simply means the name of Christians is now extinct. He thought he's done away with Christianity because he burnt all the Bibles. But less than 20 years later, an emperor by the name of Constantine came to power who took the word of God and said before all his armies and before all his kingdom, the word of God is the infallible judge of truth for this entire empire. Oh, that we would have a leader to stand up and say the Word of God is the absolute authority. There's been many people that said, hey, I've attended a funeral for the Bible. But I'm going to tell you what, if you've attended the funeral for the Bible, its corpse has outlived the pallbearers. Amen. Woo! Did you know that the parsonage right here at Bethel, the dehumidifier caught. Got too hot, caught on fire. It burnt through the trusses. It burnt through the floor joists. I mean, the inside of the building is completely wiped out and destroyed. But we had some Bibles down there in boxes. And somehow when the fire got there, the fire, and it's raging, went right around the Bibles. And the Bibles in their boxes are still in complete. Amen. Woo! They're in good shape. What about... The Word of God will stand when the Word, when the world is on fire. May I say this? The Bible, listen, the Bible will never decay. It is timeless truth forever and ever and ever. And there are the foul breath of those who stand against it and have tried to destroy it. Honey, I'm telling you, Jesus will stand forever. Bethel, I want to say this today, if I never preach again. The Word of God is timeless. The Word of God is my treasure. I met the Master through the preaching of the Word of God, and it's changed my life forever. May it be proclaimed. May it be loved. May we know the Lord through the Word of God. It's indestructible, it is eternal. Forever, oh God, the word is settled in heaven. May I say this? Put the Bible through the fire, but the smell of smoke will not even be on it when it comes out on the other side. When I was just a wee little boy, the preacher at the back of that church laid his Bible down and said, Son, stand on that. Had no idea I'd be standing here this day over 50 years later. I just looked at it. My daddy taught me to respect the Word of God. I wasn't going to put my feet on it. The preacher said, no, son, you can go ahead. I looked at daddy. He said, go ahead, son. Stand on it. Lord, I do this respectfully. I stand on it today. Woo! The Word of God. It's eternal. It's timeless. And as I've stood on the Word of God, hear me. It has taken me places I could have never gone myself. Amen. You I'm done. You stand to your feet. Maybe there's somebody here. Why don't you get your Bible, and bring it with you? Come down here with the altar and say, Oh God. Here's your word. I believe your word to me, Lord. I thank you for my Bible. I want to know it more. I want to know more about the master of it and the Lord of it. Lord, I bring to you my Bible. Open its pages. Teach me its precepts. God, help me to understand. Enlighten me. Open my mind. Give me the wisdom to understand the word of God. Folks are coming round about. Would you come this morning? Maybe you can come and say, well, Lord, I want to thank you for the Bible. Thank you for making sure it found its way to where I was. That I might hear it and be saved. That I might have a copy today and believe it. There are people today in other countries that are exchanging just pages. Just to get a page of the Word of God. And you got a whole copy. Bless His holy name. Father, this morning, I bow before you. And I want to thank you. For the Word of God. It is the delight of my soul. Lord, it led to the place of salvation. When the preacher told of the Word of God, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When it was proclaimed, when it was preached, God, I got convicted of my sins. I heard about a Savior who loved me. I heard about a Savior named Jesus who died on Calvary. who took my sins upon Himself, who was buried, and who rose again on the first day of the week. And Lord, this morning, I believe, I believe with all my being that Jesus is the Son of God. And I thank You, Sir, for my Bible that You've given to me. Help us, God, that our lives would be built the building blocks of faith upon salvation in Jesus name using the word of God and for this I pray God help us Lord that the word of God would have furtherance and God you'd give us utterance open it up to us give us wisdom give us understanding speak Lord for thy servant heareth help Bethel to be faithful to teach it to preach it Lord help us God to grow in Jesus name by your word we pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! <laughs> Woo!